KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. In previous installments of Sex and the City, the ancient mystery of what women want was basically solved. They want love, sex, and designer clothes, though not necessarily in that order. Now Sex and the City 2 reveals what Islamic women want. You can call this sequel callow, garish, ghastly, grisly, or grotesque, and it is all of those things, plus borderline interminable at 146 minutes. During a visit to Abu Dhabi, though, Carrie, Samantha, Miranda, and Charlotte discovered that the shadors worn by their Muslim sisters conceal, you guessed it, the glories of this year's fashion collection. So much for a clash of civilizations. This dismal comedy provokes a crash of expectations, however modest they may have been. It's a cinematic dairy farm, milking every close-up and every gag, whether about menopause, the four friends are forever young, only in reruns, or about a glamorous Irish nanny's bouncy breasts. It's a film for the cognitively challenged, in which everything but the tacky wardrobe is several sizes too big. It's an almost avant-garde adventure in aimlessness. Nothing happens for the first half hour. And it's a triumph of product placement, the product being Abu Dhabi, though what we actually see is Morocco. Dubai is over, a dubious sheikh declares. Abu Dhabi is the future. Maybe so, but it looks like the past, specifically a Bob Hope and Bing Crosby road movie with Kim Cattrall's Samantha as a nymphomaniacal stand-in for Dorothy L'Amour. The production was perpetrated, as before, by Michael Patrick King, and it turns on a strategy of avoidance. Real feelings lurk just below the surface. Samantha's terror of growing old carries fear of eventual tedium and a childless marriage. Yet the surface is where the movie stays, like an old submarine with dead batteries. I don't want to tell you too much about Father of My Children, which is playing at the landmark. You really should discover this French-language drama for yourself. It isn't saying too much, though, to call it beautiful, profound, and phenomenally full of life. The father of the title, Grégoire Canvelle, is an idealistic movie producer under siege. One of his movies is out of control, and his credit line is frayed to the point of unraveling. He manages to stay cool and charming, but you wonder how long he can survive, both financially and emotionally, and how much of his devotion to the cause of his independent films is sustained by denial or self-delusion. The film was written and directed with flawless finesse by Mia Hansen-Love, and Grégoire is played by Louis Do de Lanquessin. He gives a brilliant performance that keeps our feelings about his character in a constant state of flux. Grégoire is the hero, but the film is also concerned with his wife and three daughters, with the price they pay for his principled obsession, and how they cope with the growing realization that their life has been built on quicksand. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.